Ezra chapter 4. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity were building a temple to Yahweh, the God of Israel, they came near to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the father's households and said to them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do, and we have been sacrificing to him since the days of Ezar Haddon, the king of Assyria, who brought us up here. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the heads of the father's households of Israel said to them, You have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God, but we ourselves together will build to Yahweh, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. They hired counsellors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia, in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. In the days of Artaxerxes, Bishlam, Mithridah, Tabiel, and the rest of his companions wrote to Artaxerxes, king of Persia, and the writing of the letter was written in Syrian and delivered in the Syrian language. Rahim, the chancellor, and Shimshai, the scribe, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, the king, as follows. Then Rehum the chancellor, Shimshai the scribe, and the rest of their companions, the Dineites and the Arphaxathites, the Tarpalites, the Arpasites, the Archivites, the Babylonians, the Shukandchites, the Dehaites, and the Elamites, and the rest of the nations whom the great and noble Osnapar brought over and set in the city of Samaria, and the rest of the country beyond the river, and so forth, wrote. This is the copy of the letter that they sent to King Artaxerxes, from your servants the men beyond the river. Be it known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to us to Jerusalem. They are building the rebellious and bad city and have finished the walls and repaired the foundations. Be it known now to the king that if this city is built and the walls finished, they will not pay tribute, custom or toll, and in the end it will be hurtful to the king's. Now because we eat the salt of the palace and it is not appropriate for us to see the king's dishonour, therefore we have sent and informed the king that search may be made in the book of the records of your fathers. You will see in the book of the records and know that this city is a rebellious city and hurtful to kings and provinces and that they have started rebellions within it in the past. That is why this city was destroyed. We inform the king that if this city is built and the walls finished, then you will have no possession beyond the river. Then the king sent an answer to Rehum the chancellor and to Shimshai the scribe and to the rest of their companions who live in Samaria and in the rest of the country beyond the river. Peace. The letter which you sent to us has been plainly read before me. I decreed and search has been made and it was found that this city has made insurrection against kings in the past and that rebellion and revolts have been made in it. There have also been mighty kings over Jerusalem who have ruled over all the country beyond the river, and tribute, custom, and toll was paid to them. Make a decree now to cause these men to cease, and that this city not be built, until a decree is made by me. Be careful that you not be slack doing so. Why should damage grow to the hurt of the kings? Then when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum, Shimshai the scribe, and their companions, they went in haste to Jerusalem to the Jews and made them to cease by force of arms. Then work stopped 
on God's house, which is at Jerusalem, it stopped until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And by the way, it's actually stopped a long time. So what's happened here is that they've come to the land, they've started building the temple, they've got as far as the foundation, and then there are people living in the land who wanted to participate, but they wouldn't let them. Now these people said, we, want to, we worship Yahweh just like you do. We've been doing it ever since the days of Ezahadon, the king of Assyria. Now this is like 200 years before. If you will remember when we were talking through the history of Israel and Judah, that the Assyrians came, they attacked the northern nation of Israel and took them all away. The land was empty. But then there were a few people there. They, they brought people from other places and put them in the land, but then they were being attacked by lions. And then they thought to themselves, oh, we're not worshipping the gods of this area properly. So they went and got some of the Israelites that had been taken away and brought them back to teach them how to worship the God of the land, which was apparently Yahweh. But we know that they weren't worshipping Yahweh properly anyway. So now these people who weren't worshipping Yahweh properly anyway have come back to teach these people that have been imported from elsewhere how to follow Yahweh. So what we've got here are people living in the land, in the northern areas especially, who know there's a God called Yahweh and they worship him and they also worship many other gods as well. They're polytheistic, they're, they're syncretistic, they, it's a mix-up of all different stuff. But here we've got Joshua and, and Zerubbabel who are saying, no way, <laughs> no, we've learned our lesson. We are worshipping the Lord our God and that's it and we're having nothing to do with you lot that are, that are worshipping other gods. So in this chapter, you don't get the sense that they're worshipping other gods, but that's what they are. And so in the north, in that area of Samaria, you have all these people that are a mixture. They're a mixture of some of the good things that the Lord did, but they're a mixture of lots of other things as well. And these people become what we call later the Samaritans. And you know, in the New Testament, Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. <laughs> well, you know, in that story, the Samaritan's actually a good guy, but that's unusual. You wouldn't have expected that. Everyone looks down upon the Samaritans because they think they're not proper Israelites. They're not proper Jews. They don't worship the Lord properly and everyone's down on them. Well, Jesus, you know, uses that in his story. But you can see that's, that's what's going on here. They don't want these northerners to <laughs> have anything to do with the building of the temple. But the result is they are offside and then they send this accusation off to say to, you know, the king, the work should be stopped because if this goes ahead and succeeds, they're going to rebel. And this city has a history of rebellion, which it did. So the work comes to a stop. So what you've got here is an accusation. The accusation is that these people are not building with pure motives. They're building for themselves. And once they've got enough established to become independent, they're going to break away. So that's the accusation. They're wrongly motivated. And uh, as a result, the work of God comes to a stop. And this is what it actually does happen with churches as well, is that people are building, they're doing things for the Lord, and a lot of the time they're rightly motivated. They're sincere. But people bring accusations, and sometimes the people who bring the accusation, they themselves are not sincere. They don't like that they're not being included, or there's other things they don't like. So they speak words, but those words have spiritual power. And that causes the work of God to be hindered. We see the story of Job, you know, where Job was a righteous man, but the devil brought an accusation and that was enough to ruin Job's life. And it took years for him to get back to the place where he was. I'll talk about that when we get to the book of Job. 
And um, so you can see that spiritually, accusation has huge power. My dad, John Alley, he has a great sermon on the, the power of accusation. Not, it's not the power that's a good thing. It's, it's, a, it's a negative power, something we must be aware of as believers. I encourage you to go to the App Store, you know, the Play Store and Google or the, the App Store and, and Apple and get the Peace Apostolic Ministries app. Just Google Peace, type in Peace Apostolic Ministries and then you'll get our app and on there you'll find the message about the power of accusation. I think it's called uh, Defeating the Power of Accusation. That's a message worth listening to. And what we've got here in this chapter is just an example of that exact thing. It's where words are spoken and they cause the work of God to come to a standstill. In that sermon by my dad, he will teach you how to overcome that power through forgiveness, forgiving those who speak against you. Uh, we're talking spiritually now, of course, and through recognizing that you yourself are a sinner, you yourself have accused others, so repenting of your own sins. And then coming to the place where you pray and you break the power of those words and invite the Lord into the situation. It's worth a listen. So the work comes to a stop, uh, depending on various chronologies, like because between Ezra and Nehemiah, the tr there's different scholars who think the cr chronology isn't, is, no one has an, an agreement on exactly how the chronology plays out here. Sometimes it's hard to work out when things happened a long time ago, but it seems like. Some commentators are saying it was a 25-year period that the work on the temple was stopped. That's a long time. Think how old you are now. Think 25 years ago. Well, it's a long time. Heavenly Father, we are mindful that so often your work has stopped because of accusation, because of opposition. And Lord, forgive us that we, we so easily accept the opposition to your work. Forgive us, Lord. I pray you to help us strengthen our hands, Lord, so that we can work on your house, work on building your kingdom and your church and not be opposed and stopped. Give us grace, Lord, to overcome opposition and accusation in Jesus' name. Amen.